Well, happy Father's Day to all of you fathers out there. I hope you're having a great day so far. Uh, one of my favorite uh, Father's Day traditions, I'm not sure if we're still keeping it up, but Joe Duick said, I just want to have bacon at all three meals today. So whatever your traditions are, I hope you're having a great day. Uh, my name is Kirby Cannon, and I have the privilege of sharing with you uh, this morning. We are coming to the end of our series, Start With Blessing. And for the past four weeks, we've been looking at Uh, what the strategy should be for Christians to share their faith with others. Uh, If you're joining us for the first time, uh, go back and check out the series, especially if you are not uh, a Christian. Again, if there's Christians out there coming for you, I would want to know what that was all about. Uh, And we've even been talking about how it's a kingdom advancing, so uh, be sure to check that out, although I know you're going to find out that Christianity uh, always comes with blessing as it expands. Um, it uh, brings blessing. It's, uh, it brings order out of chaos. Uh, it brings purpose. It brings light to darkness. Uh, it replaces lies with truth. It brings healing and it brings freedom. Uh, so it, it brings all of these things when it expands. But if you've missed any of it, I really do encourage you, go back and check it out from the beginning. But first of all, I have an important announcement. On Sunday, July 5th, we are reopening our building for worship. But uh, don't worry, we are going to continue our online services, so you'll always be able to join us that way. Uh, We know each of you have had a different experience uh, during COVID, uh, and it's been very different and unique. Uh, For others, it's been uh, not too bad. Others, it's been uh, quite challenging. Uh, And as we reemerge and as we start to reopen, we want to make sure that we're respecting each of you and from where you're uh, coming. Um, So we just want to let you know that we will be following all of the guidelines set up by the Saskatchewan government uh, going forward as we reopen. And uh, right now, under the current limitations, we're only able to have 150 people uh, gathering in the building at a time. Uh, And so we'll be asking you to save your seat. We will send out the link in order to do that, uh, in order to register uh, that way. And then you'll be able to find that uh, through our website and through our social sites and that kind of thing as well. Uh, We are prepared to offer two services if we need to, but we want to hear from you uh, first. So actually, we're doing a bit of a survey, and we want you to know, uh, or so we'd like to know a little bit about where you are at and what will be happening with you. Um, so if you haven't seen that survey, that's another place. Uh, uh, if you haven't seen that in your inbox, go to our website, and uh, you can find it there. Again, as we reopen, uh, social distancing uh, measures will be required, as well as masks for singing. And please remain home if you have been sick or symptomatic. At this time in our reopening, we won't be opening the kids' rooms just yet, but all the great online content that's been coming out from our children's ministry is going to continue to be available to you. So again, I remind you, there is this survey. If you haven't seen it in your inbox, please go to our website and fill it out. Would you do that even today or tomorrow? We would love to know where you guys are at so it helps us plan as we're reopening. So thank you. And it's going to be so good to be with you again. All right, here is the start of week five in our Start with Blessing series. And the text that we've returned to every week uh, is this, Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 1 to verse 9. Let's read it together. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out two by two ahead of him to every town and a place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. 
Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, Peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give to you. For the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. Now we started this series looking at the Lord's Prayer. And we pointed out that Christians are welcomed into God's family through faith in Jesus. That's an invitation that's open to anybody, but anyone who takes that invitation up is a person who becomes a Christian. We enter into a relationship with our Heavenly Father, and He's infinitely better than any earthly father. We get to experience His love and affection, and He delights in us. But our Heavenly Father is a king with an advancing kingdom. We are His kids, but we are also part of His kingdom. We get to use our unique talents, gifts, personalities, and experience to see his kingdom expand and see more and more people adopted into his family. As his kingdom expands, it brings blessing and life wherever it goes. Jesus says we are to pray for workers, to help bring in the harvest of souls, and that we are also supposed to answer our own prayers by going into the harvest fields. We are encouraged to be focused on the mission, to reach specific people, to rely on him for provision, and to go together with other Christians in unity. The very first step we said was blessing. We begin in prayer. We talk to God about our neighbors before we talk to our neighbors about God. And when we do, we change our heart's posture towards them. We bless, we don't blast. When we pray prayers of blessing, and when we speak blessing in every interaction we have with them, then the second step is to spend time with them, extending and receiving hospitality. If you are bringing the blessing of the kingdom, even the wolves begin to take care of the sheep. The third step is to meet people's needs, to hear their hearts cry, their hurts and felt needs and to respond with all of the resources of heaven. Steve said it well last week, meet needs with your good deeds. And as we read earlier from Ephesians, those good deeds are actually part of your destiny, prepared for you in advance. And as they experience the tangible effects of your prayers of blessing, your kind words, as they spend time with you and experience healing, you will be able to explain to them that it is because of the kingdom of God. All of the riches and blessing of the kingdom of God come to them because of the rule and reign of Jesus in your life. You simply share Jesus. Now this week we are talking about proclaiming that the kingdom of God has come near. But this is more than just the next step in the process. This is the whole point. In Luke 10, Jesus sends out the 72 to places where he was about to go. The whole process is about his arrival. This is the king's, King Jesus' arrival. If all you do is think positively about people and say nice things, 
if all you do is spend time with people who are not Christians, or if all you do is meet people's practical needs, but never share Jesus. Somehow you've lost sight of the coming king and the advancing kingdom. If people miss the king, they miss the kingdom and all of the riches within it. We've been saying, start with blessing and follow the trail. Each step often leads to the other, but don't forget that all of the preparations are for his arrival, that his rule and reign would come to every individual, every school, every neighborhood, every workplace, every city, every people and nation. He is the blessing. He is eternal life. He is the one who can make us whole. In every part of the process, we need to be ready to share Jesus. Sometimes it will be a long journey, and other times it may all happen at once. This morning we're going to look at Acts 26. This is an account of Paul sharing with Festus and Agrippa, two leaders in Paul's day, and as well as the whole court that was assembled in this meeting. We're going to trace out a few of these themes that we've been talking about and hopefully give some insight into this final step in the process. This is Acts chapter 26, and we're going to read the whole thing so you can focus in, close your eyes, and imagine what it would be like for a prisoner to be brought before these leaders and to speak about his um, situation and his life. So this is uh, Acts 26. Then Agrippa said to Paul, You have permission to speak for yourself. So Paul motioned with his hand and began his defense. King Agrippa, I consider myself fortunate to stand before you today as I make my defense against all the accusations of the Jews, and especially so because you are well acquainted with all the Jewish customs and controversies. Therefore, I beg you to listen to me patiently. The Jewish people all know the way I have lived ever since I was a child. From the beginning of my life in my own country and also in Jerusalem, they have known me for a long time and can testify, if they are willing, that I conform to the strictest sect of our religion, living as a Pharisee. And now it is because of my hope in what God has promised our ancestors that I am on trial today. This is the promise our twelve tribes are hoping to see fulfilled as they earnestly serve God day and night. King Agrippa, it is because of this hope that Jews are accusing me. Why should any of you consider it incredible that God raises the dead? I too was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And that is just what I did in Jerusalem. On the authority of the chief priests, I put many of the Lord's people in prison. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Many a time I went from one synagogue to another to have them punished. I tried to force them to blaspheme. I was so obsessed with persecuting them that I even hunted them down in foreign cities. On one of these journeys, I was going to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. About noon, King Agrippa, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground. And I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. 
Then I asked, Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, the Lord replied. Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and what and will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So then, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven. First to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and then to the Gentiles. I preached that they should repent and turn to God and demonstrate their repentance by their deeds. That is why some Jews seized me in the temple courts and tried to kill me. But God has helped me to this very day. So I stand here and testify to small and great alike. I say nothing beyond what the prophets and Moses said would happen, that the Messiah would suffer, and as the first to rise from the dead would bring the message of light to his own people and to the Gentiles. At this point, Festus interrupted Paul's defense. You are out of your mind, Paul, he shouted. Your great learning is driving you insane. I am not insane, most excellent Festus, Paul replied. What I am saying is true and reasonable. The king is familiar with these things, and I can speak freely to him. I am convinced that none of this has escaped his notice, because it was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you do. Then Agrippa said to Paul, do you think that in such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian? And Paul replied, Short time or long, I pray to God that not only you but all who are listening to me today may become what I am, except for these chains. The king rose and with him the governor and Bernice and those who were there with them. After they left the room, they began saying to one another, This man is not doing anything that deserves death or imprisonment. Agrippa said to Festus, This man could have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. I know that was long, so thank you for sticking with me. When you are sent out as sheep among wolves, you have to choose your words wisely. And I think Paul demonstrates this well. Not only in this chapter, but if you look at the last few chapters that come before this, all the way through the book of Acts, you see um, he's being very strategic and tactful in how he speaks. Even though he eventually dies for his faith, his posture of blessing leads to incredible fruitfulness for the gospel. Over the last few weeks, we've considered what it is to take a posture of blessing in prayer and as we speak, so that the peace goes out from us and will rest on those that we seek to share the kingdom with. I see, Paul has faced all kinds of injustice in his life because of his faith. But despite that, As he stands before these leaders, a prisoner, he says that he considers himself fortunate. He even specifies that his defense is against the accusations of the Jews, not the Jews themselves. And I think our trend in our modern world is to lump the issues and the people all into one thing and call it the problem. And Paul demonstrates no hatred for his people, the religious leaders, or the political leaders. 
Instead, we see that he has already been praying prayers of blessing in anticipation of this meeting. Here's perhaps the first practical tip I think we can take away from this chapter. Tell your story. When it comes time to share your story, um, be free and open and tell your story. Um, It's very simple. It's a natural way that many people get to know one another. You ask questions about a person's life history, their experience, where they grew up, what that was like, what they do for work. You're asking questions and people are just telling you simple parts of their story. Uh, Jesus says the role that we are to play is to be witnesses. So just telling what we've seen is a great place to start when we start to share Jesus to proclaim that the kingdom has come near. And you tell your story about the difference that Jesus has made in your life. See, this is where maybe many Christians fail to proclaim the kingdom. When they're telling their story, they edit out all of the God moments. They try to give normal answers instead of highlighting the power of the kingdom of God. For a number of reasons, we try to appear like everyone else when we're talking about our stories. See, I've used phrases like this. I grew up in church, or my dad was a pastor, to talk about my story. Instead of saying, I had a profound experience as a child. I encountered Jesus Christ. See, these statements are all true, but only one highlights Jesus The others don't even show if I personally believe any of it. I think the reason we do this is to seem normal and to avoid sounding crazy to someone who doesn't think uh, like we do or share our beliefs. But if you have encountered Jesus and you leave that part out when you're telling your story to seem less crazy, you're presenting a false version of yourself. It's better to just be crazy than to be crazy and a liar or and manipulative. See, most people I don't actually think respond well to people who are watered down in something like faith. Most people respond to people with conviction, even if they don't agree. And in fact, I think, I think you see the same trend in churches. When churches hold to their convictions, they will tend to grow even and outlast popular trends that differ from their convictions. While churches that abandon biblical truth in order to stay in step with popular culture often dwindle in number and cease to exist. I think people want to know if your faith is real. They want to know if it has any power. See, when I heard the story of David and Goliath as a kid, I immediately thought that David was the hero. But we've learned that actually God is the hero. David didn't defeat Goliath because he had great aim, but he instead because of God, he had great aim. I don't think we should tell the story and highlight David's ingenuity or his skill as if that was what brought Goliath down. So when you tell your story, don't edit out the kingdom. Don't edit out the supernatural. Don't make it sound like your life is as good as it is because of your own doing. So tell your story honestly and truthfully like any witness should. And be sure to include all of the details about your own failings and limitations. That's what Paul does. He talks about, hey, 
I was convinced. I opposed all of these Christians. I did my part. I was desperately trying to catch them in saying something that was blasphemous. I was giving my vote to have them killed. He tells it honestly like it was. So don't edit out the kingdom, and also don't edit out your sin. Uh, the Bible is the most honest history book we have. It never shies away from telling the real story, including all of the blunders. The book of Jonah is a great example of this. Jonah seems like a total fool all the way through the book. Even right up until the end, Jonah's sinfulness is on display. The book suddenly ends, leaving you wonder what even happened to Jonah. Did he ever actually have a change of heart? And there's a good chance that he did. Again, you have to ask the question, who wrote the book of Jonah? And I think he did. And he doesn't rewrite history to make himself look better. He doesn't spin anything. He tells it honestly. But it's not about glorifying how dark or bad it was. It's about revealing the true hero. That's why I love the true and better video that we've shown here several times so much. Don't glorify your sin, but don't edit it out. Um, as Paul was having this radical experience, he's thrown to the ground. Everyone in his whole group is thrown to the ground. There's this blinding light. He had this powerful experience. And some of you have dynamic life stories filled with power, powerful experiences. But Paul also asked, who are you, Lord? He sought understanding beyond his experience. And I think when we share the kingdom, it should come from your profound experience, but it, sh it should be matched with understanding, with what is reasonable, sharing the truth. See, in verse 24, of the chapter, it says this again. At this point, Festus interrupts Paul. He says, you're out of your mind. You know, you're insane. And he res responded by saying, I'm not insane. What I'm saying is true and reasonable. And he says it was not done in a corner. See, in our day, we are bombarded with news that is becoming increasingly hard to discern if it's news or not. Is it true? Is it not true? Is it biased or unbiased? Or how is it biased? There's fake news, there's contradictory reports and opinions, and experts on all sides of the issues. When the writers of the New Testament chose a word to talk about sharing Jesus, they chose a specific word. The word preach is the same word as herald, and a herald was somebody who brought news. They brought hard news. They shared information about what happened. Perhaps there was a war going on between two parties and the herald would run into your town and say that there was a war that was fought on your behalf. And here's the outcome. You're free or you're slaves. Who knows what the, the details might be, but it was something that actually happened and then everything would flow from that point. I think one of the fundamental elements of sharing Jesus is talking about the fact that Jesus actually lived and died was raised to life in our history. It is an event that happened, that was witnessed and recorded. It is hard news. There's an incredible amount of supporting evidence for this. And because of this reality, everything changes. See, Paul says, this was not done in a corner. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection were on display, and everyone was talking about it. 
And yet many people right here in Moose Jaw have no idea that Jesus was a real person. See, those of you who are Christians have all had unique experiences with Jesus, but sharing Jesus is not just sharing your experience. Share your experience, but also share the reasonable truth. Share the history. Share the supporting evidence. You don't have to be an expert. Remember, you are a witness but share what you have experienced and also what you know to be true. This next part, I think, is very interesting. Agrippa interrupts again. He says, do you think that in such, such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian? And this right here, I think, is at the heart of this whole series. Paul replied, short time or long, I pray to God that not only you but all who are listening to me today may become what I am, except for these chains. I hope us Christians can all have this kind of mindset, short time or long, praying for the specific people God has already set out for us to reach, that they would experience the kingdom coming near, bringing blessing and transformation as it spreads, to experience the arrival of the King of Kings, Jesus Christ, to welcome him in. This series is about starting. Maybe you've been tracking with us for a while, and you wouldn't say that you're a Christian. You wouldn't have said that you put your faith in Jesus as Lord and Savior. But this can be your moment. You can start right now. The King of kings and Lord of lords, the creator of the whole universe, the one who knit you together in your mother's womb, who saw you in his mind's eye long before creation, bringing you into the world at the exact right time, and he's now intently drawing you in. Jesus came into our world to die on a cross for our sin. He was raised to life. He conquered sin and death, and he longs to spend eternity with you. If you are ready to begin that eternal relationship with him, you can pray this simple prayer as a way of committing your life to him. Dear Father, thank you that you love me and sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. I put my trust in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Help me live a life that honors you by the power of the Holy Spirit. For those of us who are believers, are you ready to start on this journey of blessing? To receive the great blessing of the kingdom, but also to share it. See, in week one we asked you, are you a king's kid? Many of you responded by saying, I am a child of the king. Week two we said, begin to pray prayers of blessing for specific people. To make a list and to be consistent in prayer to pray for workers for the harvest, and to consider yourself sent. Week three, we said that you have to take the next step and get involved in the lives of people who aren't necessarily like you, to extend and receive hospitality, to spend time with them. Week four, we said as we come to understand the felt needs of these people, we would respond with the resources of heaven and bring healing and transformation to individuals, but also to whole cities and nations. This week, we're trying to remind you that it's about the king's arrival. Prayer, speaking peace, spending time, meeting needs, it's all preparation for Jesus to enter someone's life. 
and bring transformation. We're challenging you to share your story, the ups and the downs, and how Jesus has made all the difference. So where do we go from here? If you haven't made your list of people that you are blessing in prayer, do it now, do it today. You are someone's pastor. You are a shepherd to them. You are their spiritual leader. It is your destiny to reach them. Start with blessing and follow the trail. Now, throughout this series, we have highlighted how an individual or a family could go on this journey together. But we believe that as we launch into this, that we'll see life groups doing this. Um, This will be happening in workplaces and schools This will happen all across our church. It will happen with the church in Moose Jaw. We want to see many individuals come into the kingdom. But even more, we want to see the whole city of Moose Jaw reached with the gospel. In the coming months and years, we are going to see this simple strategy grow. And uh, as we grow in it together, I believe that our unity will be very powerful. That our unity will, in fact, multiply our efforts. See, our unity as Christians is not just our positive feelings towards one another, but I think actually being united together in a simple strategy like this could really change the spiritual atmosphere in Musha and beyond. We started this series with the Lord's Prayer, and I'd like to finish with it. Because in between Father... And your kingdom come is hallowed be your name. And maybe as we've been talking about sharing your faith, evangelism, reaching Musha, maybe you've been feeling sheepish, and not just in the way that Jesus sends us out. You've been feeling scared, nervous, terrified even, perhaps, of all of this. You're hoping it'll just go away. Most of our fears and doubts, most of our troubles Our failures come from seeing God as smaller than he is, less than he is. Instead, we give glory to ourselves, our circumstances, or someone else, or something else. If your heart hasn't budged one bit during this series toward loving your neighbor, toward the hope that lost people can be found, that atheists will become believers, that one day this city will be reached with the gospel, you likely have an adoration problem. Remember his name. Hallowed be your name. All that he is to you. Warm your heart in adoration and worship and see him for all he is. As we come to a close today, I just want to pray a very small part of the Lord's Prayer over us all. And you're welcome to join with me. And then I hope you have a great day, a great week. Here's our prayer as we close. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Have a wonderful Father's Day and a great week.